Welcome to Optimal Self, the art of becoming the best version of you. Join us as we talk with extraordinary people who are on the journey to living to their optimal self. We dive deep into their minds to learn what they do on a daily basis to create optimal results. They share their tools and insights so you can implement them into your own life to become the best version of you. Here's your host, Jeremy Herriter. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Optimal Self Conversations, where we talk to incredible people who, through adversity, grit, and persistence, are forging the path to being the best version of themselves. And y'all are so lucky because they join us and they give you the tools to do the same. This week, I am extremely honored. Dave is coming on with us. And, and listen, his bio is unbelievable, but I'm just going to give you a little piece of it. He's truly fueled by his passion for entrepreneurship and human performance. So those of you guys that listen know that hits home with me. He launched Epic, which is an innovative leadership development company that helps busy entrepreneurs maximize their impact and freedom. And yo, if, he, if that's not enough, he also sums up his methodology in his best-selling book, Done by Noon, How to Achieve More by Noon Than Other Entrepreneurs in a Whole Day or Full Day. So Dave, man, I am honored. Thank you so much for joining us today, brother. How are you? I'm doing good, Jeremy. How are you? <laughs> man, super excited, bro. I, I, you know, it's the beautiful thing about this new virtual world and podcasting world is that you know, people come across and, we, and we, we cross paths with people. And you and I were talking pre-show. Here I am in, in Southern California. And, and so tell the people where you are and, and how you got started in this little journey of, of entrepreneurship in the book and everything else that you're doing. I'm in New Brunswick, Canada. So I was telling you before we started going live, we're radically opposed geographically within North America, right? New Brunswick, the province of New Brunswick is right up Maine, but I'm on the, in the, in the northern part of New Brunswick. So it's like a five hour drive for me to hit Maine. Uh, I've been living here for nine years now. So uh, I'm right on the river. I'm in deep wooded area and we're good. Good nature, man, right? Like get out there <laughs> and get into nature. Our listener is very much about the person behind the microphone, mm -hmm. the, about the person behind the book, about the person behind the program that they're teaching is how did you, how did this come about for you? What are the things in your life that led you to say, oh man, there's got to be a better way and, and let's find it. Going back, I, academically, it was, I was not the best student, you know, and not that I was bad at school, you know, but it was like the framework was not like good for me. And I always struggle, like for me, like just the fact of memorizing things and seeing them back, I, I don't, I don't get that. Right. So yeah, I had kind of a hard time uh, academically. I was like, you know, there must be another way. And fitness was my passion. You know, I, I started training in my in my teen years, then moved on more seriously in my my early twenties. Ended up competing in bodybuilding uh, in my twenties, and you know how it is when you you that whole world it's easy to get obsessed with it. And I was absolutely obsessed with fitness, and uh, you know the traditional path in fitness that you become uh, like a trainer and a coach and you know things like that. But I never really enjoyed that per se. It's like, you know, again, there must be a better way. During a show, I'll tell you how I stumbled into entrepreneurship. I was competing in Newfoundland and there was a message board online because there were, there were like forums, you know, back in the days. And I was broke at the time. I didn't have any money. I 
posted in that, that message post, like, listen, I'm traveling to Newfoundland to compete. Is there any competitive people like who compete who'd like to room for the weekend because I was traveling? So that guy named Lee Hayward answers the emails like, yeah, you know, man, I'm competing too, but I, I, I'm local. You can come and sell my house. I got a couch in the basement. Just come and, uh, and hang out. So I, I show up to this place. And anyway, we, the conversation is like I ask him what he's doing for a living. He's telling me that how he's been running that bodybuilding blog for like almost a decade and uh, is generating six figures a year. And uh, I'm like, whoa, okay, hold on. I need to know more about this. So anyway, he started like uh, introducing me to direct response marketing, copywriting, you know. Any, I mean, we're talking 2007, which like is uh, what, 14 years ago, but 14 years in internet years is like 155 years, right? <laughs> super right. And, uh, but it, I, you know, I, you know, getting more interested into that. And in 2009, I actually went full-time online with, with a website that was uh, named The Muscle Cook. So we were providing recipes and nutrition tips mm. and plans for people like who wanted to build muscle and, and lose body fat. We built uh, our best-selling Products were cookbooks, so we had cookbooks that we sold. They're still selling today, crazy, but we're still they still generate some coins daily. From there, I moved on. Obviously, evolved. I would say, you know, I didn't identify as an entrepreneur. You know, at that point, it was like, you know, I have a business in the fitness space, and and from there, I people were seeing what I was doing, and I had more requests to work with like coaches who had like audiences, like on YouTube, for example, but wanted to to monetize. You know, they, it's like these people who have a lot of people on Instagram, but don't make money. Well, at the time I was like, okay, I have a blog, I have this, but I'm not making money. So I was coming in and, and helping them, you know, develop that and build different partnerships. Over time, ended up investing in a supplements company in 2014, companies named Bioptimizers. So when I bought in, actually, the company was not named Bioptimizers. We, we rebranded and brought it back to life. It was an older company, but needed a little bit more, you know, TLC and organization and rebrand. So what I did, sold my shares of the company in 2016. And at that time, I had the opportunity to start coaching entrepreneurs. So I kind of, same thing, kind of like out of request, people like, okay, well, if you're doing that online stuff, we want to learn how you're doing that. Can you coach us? And it was that group that I, I started coaching. And I realized, you know, typically I started like sharing strategies and tactics, things like that. But what I realized is that these guys didn't need any more tactics or strategies. What they needed is actually tools to help them manage themselves, you know? And as any any entrepreneur, I, I struggled with that early on in my career, you know? And, and uh, I developed the tools. Um, most of them were like kind of based from coming from the sports performance background, you know, the way I was organizing my workload and my schedule, et cetera. And I started sharing these tools with them. They loved it. Great success. Started like, you know, selling a little bit more like the, the planners, which was our, the Epic Planner, which was our first product. And things started to um, pick up like that. And Epic was born. And now we're actually, we, so the methodology, all my systems and everything that I had built for myself became a full methodology. And now we're actually certifying coaches on that methodology. So business coaches, trainers can come and, 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 and take the, the certification and they have all the tools they need to teach them themselves. So I'm not coaching anymore. Like I still have, you know, a little bit mentorship here and there, very informal, but I don't, I don't, I don't coach. So now we let other coaches benefit from what we do. You gave us so much and I, I want to unpack it a little bit for people that are listening because just like your business, like we talked about, um, we're all about those action steps, but really, again, the mindset 
you said something in there that I wanted, pe- I wanted people to go back and I want, I want to dig in a little bit. You said framework of school. You see, because you and I are 100% in agreement on this, is that the education system, schools per se, it teaches us the wrong thing. And what I mean by that is it teaches us to get a good grade, not to learn. Mm-hmm. Because learning is not the answer here. The answer is getting a good grade. So we just figure out a way to get a good grade as opposed to actually learn the information to take the information that I can now learn and I can apply to my life. So when we get into the real world, the same thing you're talking about with entrepreneurs and people that want in business, even people that are doing jobs right now, because again, there are going to be people listening to this that aren't entrepreneurs that don't want to have a business or whatever. But you said something else that you kind of glossed over it because it's something that I think comes very natural to you, which is this. And I want people to really understand this is that you said, okay, I went in, I wanted to compete in bodybuilding. So we, I mean, anybody who knows what that takes, the, the discipline that it takes to eat, to train, I mean, to manage your day, because most people are adults and they have lives, maybe families, maybe kids. There's an amazing discipline to that. But here's what I want people to really get from this is that you took that and then it came into these cookbooks and then it came into these things. What I tell people all the time, and and I want you to elaborate on this, is that people in jobs right now, people in their situation where they're like, I hate my job, I hate my life, right? We hear this all the time. That's why they want to be an entrepreneur, right? That's why they Mm -hmm. want to jump into it. But what they fail to realize is this, be great at what you do. Because everything that you just said, you said, oh, I was doing this and then this happened. Oh, and then I was doing that and this happened. Because it leads to the next thing. It's not like you set out to be like, I'm going to be some great coach and write books and do all this kind of stuff. Probably never even crossed your mind. But when you really, really dig in and you give maximum effort, you actually do that thing. We call it 100 or nothing in here. Give it 100 or don't fucking do it. Don't do it. So when you go at it, and then guess what? When you're great at something, it opens the next door. Yes. And when you're great at something, it opens the next door. And that's what I heard from you right there is I'm like, oh man, so beautiful. With success comes opportunities, but I mean, success only comes when you're aligned with what you should be doing. I think, you know, people like same thing, like there's so many parallels between, you know, sports and and entrepreneurship, you know, if you're trying to take shortcuts in sports, let's say, let's say everybody worked out, like, let's say you worked out and we, everybody does the same mistakes at first. They try to take all the supplements in the world, but they're not willing to put in the work or being consistent with their workouts, their nutrition, and understanding that it's a long-term you know, game, right? It's a long-term thing. And it's only when you do that that you see results. And it's not getting the shortcuts. And, and the fun thing now is like entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship is a buzzword now. Being an entrepreneur, it's like everybody wants to be one. But I think not everybody understands what it really is. You know, the, the, the book on Binance is really about that too, is that when you start a business, you think it's going to be a certain way and you go in business for freedom. So I would say like there's three types of freedom. There's time freedom, there's creative freedom, and there's the financial freedom. And you think that I'm going to have that freedom by having a business, but it's rarely the case. You know, you, you might have some of it at one point and then it's going to be a juggling act. And it's not as easy or rosy as we think it is. It's actually very tough and it requires the same amount of alignment in order to unlock, you know, opportunities. You need to be, understand what you're doing, why you're doing it. And if you're just doing it for, let's say the money, 
you're not going to have these opportunities that that these doors that are going to be opening because it's short-sighted. I think creative freedom is, is for me anyway, as entrepreneurship is the, I would say the door open to creative freedom. And when my creation is aligned with the way I see life and the, you know, the type of life that I want for myself, doors open, you know, and it changes, you know, like there's things I'm, there's things that I'm, I'm interested in now that I was not interested in, you know, five years ago, heck, like even one or two years ago. Mm. And it's when I do that and I, I align and I, I course correct, you know, my alignment changes because there's always new things that I like, but I got to fall. I would say I was lucky to be born with a good internal compass who tells me like the gut feeling, you know, like if it's good or if it's not. And the times that I neglected to listen to my gut feeling, to my intuition, or this is when things went wrong because I was being not too strategic, but I was not following the course because I didn't understand. I was like, oh, no, it doesn't make sense. What it, no, your, your head is not there to tell you what's right or what's wrong. You know, it's really what's inside. And once you have that alignment, and now I go I follow my instincts 110%. Now I've learned my lessons and I follow that. But, you know, yeah, dude, it's, it, it only happens when you're aligned, period. So the listener that's sitting there right now, you know how like you do these enough where you know the questions that are going to come. They're like, okay, Dave, well then, how do I get in alignment, right? How do I find my alignment? How do I yeah. know that my internal compass is yeah. pointing in the right direction so that I can follow my instincts? Right? Sometimes, sometimes you have to get lost, right? In order to find yourself. <laughs> it's often the case because humans are not that great are being, being proactive with this type of stuff, right? We usually like react to something. Like I think every single actions that we take are like guided by something else in some ways, right? You started working out because what you wanted to, someone told you you were not good enough or that you were small or you were bullied or things like that. And that triggered that. And then that triggered something else. And then, you know, it's just continuous pattern in some ways. But first of all, I think everybody should get lost at one point in their careers or multiple times in order to find their path. The key critical questions that we have, like I've built within, you know, the ethic methodology, I've built simple frameworks in order to get that realignment. And it's, it, there's two steps for alignment. So number one is like understanding the big picture. Okay. Well, be honest with yourself. What type of life do you want? Like when you're on the top of the mountain, what does that look like? And when you turn around and look back, what are you looking at? You know, and once you understand that, and you never know because, you know, it's like, it's, it's a game of perspective. The more you move forward, the more, the more you see things, you know, you see this mountain, but the more you move forward, oh, there's another one and there's another one. Your perspective changes, right? And that, I think that's what time does. If you're a father, if you're a spouse, your life changes and evolves. And you're gaining that perspective from the experiences that you have. So it's important to understand that. But I feel like your, your values never really change. Your core, deep core values never right. really change. But they tend to be clearer with time. And I'm heading into my 40s now. And I'm like, yeah, no, it's very clear what I want and I don't, do not want. But I didn't know that before, right? So you have yeah. to experience. Once you have that vision, you understand that. You, you, you visualize that from your own point that you are right now. Now, the only thing you can do is look into the next 12 months and say, okay, well, what are the things that I want to see become a reality within the next 12 months? 
So from there, we, we ask you to do a, a list of five items. And these are your goals for the next 12 months. And we, then we work in 90-day cycle. You know, so this is the way you would, you would do if you want to compete in bodybuilding, for example. When I wanted to compete in bodybuilding, I was envisioning the type of physique that I really wanted to do. I was like, okay, well, this year I need to focus more on building muscle, for example. And then every quarter, it's like, okay, well, let's have this training program for the next 90 days where I'm going to be focusing. Let's say I want to look wider, so I'm going to focus on my delts a lot more and my lats, you know? So things like that. But it's always in line, you know? The 90 days are in line with the one-year plan. And the one-year plan is in line with the big picture. So it's always asking yourself the right questions. In the book, we ask 13 questions in the book that you have to answer. And then you can create that big picture story. And that's your first point of alignment. And you work it out from there. Well said. That's so beautiful. And we we have similar, I, I love it. And it's something that you'll probably, we do an assessment, right? And, and assessing somebody is the same thing. Like somebody walks in, it's easy for us to talk about weight, right? They come in, they, they're overweight, you know, yeah. and they want to lose 80 pounds, hundred pounds, 50 pounds, whatever the number is. And you sit with them. And after you figure out, okay, what are the health problems? What are we dealing with? Right? What, what kind of injuries or joint problems? We know all the different things that we got to address. And then we go right to what you said, which I hope people heard this is the big picture. But here's the thing. Most people can't see that person. When you say, okay, close your eyes. Those 80 pounds are off of you. Mm-hmm. What are you wearing? Is your hair up or is it down? Is it a dress? What shoes do you have on? What earrings are you wearing? What perfume are you wearing? Where are you going that night to celebrate? Because and you're looking in the mirror at her, at him, right? People at home, when you're listening, whatever that goal is, it doesn't have to be a weight loss goal. It could be a business goal. It could be a financial yeah. goal. I love where you went with time, creative and financial, the, the three freedoms. But I want people to understand is that if it doesn't move you, if you can't see that person, not that you don't need to lose those 80 pounds, but the poundage won't keep you motivated. Because if, if it doesn't move you, and I've had this happen with a lady, I had this lady and she couldn't see it. I asked her the question, okay, what were you wearing? She's like, well, I think, you know, I don't know. There's a pair of jeans that I like. I'm not sure. I'm like, well, then this is not important to you. Mm-hmm. It's not. This is, it goes back to what you said about alignment. And then she said this to me, Dave, and you'll appreciate this. I go, well, is there anything in your life that you just haven't accomplished, that you just wanted something that still eats at you? And she goes, I came into your gym, Jeremy, and I saw women. I saw women out there doing pull-ups. I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, that that happens, right? (laughs) And she said, and she goes, I want to do a fucking pull-up. Boom. I was always the, I was always the, the girl in, in gym class that couldn't do it. Never, ever, ever. Mm-hmm. She said, I want to do, I want to grab that bar and I want to do a damn pull-up. I said, okay, now we're talking. Now we're talking, right? Yeah. So you go out there and you write that. That's your goal. That's the big picture. Yeah. The big picture is pulling my ass up over that bar. That's the big picture, right? And then yeah. we break it down. Okay, we got to make sure your shoulders are articulating correctly, right? Can I pull? Is the scapula moving correctly, right? She had some shoulder issues, some impingement that we need to work on. Yeah. All these different things, right? But now every time she walked in, guess what we said to her? Hey, you're one day closer to that pull-up. You showed up again. You yeah. showed up again. You're one day closer to that pull-up. You're one day closer. Every day, you're just that little bit closer. Again, yeah. just like you said, right? And yeah. we were in alignment. So guess what naturally happened? The weight is falling off of her, falling off of her. 
because, but the weight is no longer the goal, right? Because the bigger picture, she couldn't see that picture, but yeah. she, did you see yourself pulling your ass up over that bar? She's like, hell yeah. I know what that's good. I can already imagine what it's going to feel like. There I can go. imagine what's going to taste like. I can imagine what it's good. You know what I mean? Like what it's going to smell like up over that bar. Like all those senses now are heightened in there. Right. And those are the things I want people to understand exactly what you just said, Dave, is that you've got to get in alignment. You've got to, but you've got to be able to see the bigger picture. You've got to be able to see your future self. You got to see that thing happening. Yeah. So then as we break it down into the smaller steps, now you're going to show up every day. You're emotionally involved into the process, you yeah, know, man. and that's important. You know, I feel like it's so easy to get lost. And this, another thing we talk in the book is we call talk about, talk about ambition appropriation. And it's, mm-hmm. it's just like looking at other people and thinking that that's the way, that's what I should be doing. And it's not, you know, for her, it was doing the pull-up. And the reason for being, you know, doing the pull-up is that it was, it was a story of redemption. Mm. You know, it yeah. was a story. It's like, you know what? You told me I couldn't do it. I'll do it. I'll show you. Whenever I'm this, in this position, I tend to perform better or I tend to have all of it. Because you're putting in the, in the underdog seat. And it's like, it's a mindset. It's a story that you're telling yourself. That's just what it is. But you're telling yourself the story. And I love working from that perspective of being the owner. You told me I couldn't do it. I'll do it. You know, and I, I use that towards my, you know, everything that I did, I think important in my life. I was in that type of mindset, you know, but you, you got to recreate it without self-sabotaging that. Sometimes it's easy to go like just trying to get back into it. It needs to be naturally like fitting in some ways, you know. Very, very good point. Yes, I love that. It, the, the, hers was redemption, and that was right. It was. It was, and again, it's the internal narrative, though, right? It's mm-hmm. it's her. It's her version. Because yeah. if you met her, you would never know that, right? Yeah. You would never know that that was something that that meant something to her. That's always been like, man, if I could have done right. You know, one of the things I love, Dave, is is researching you and and even, you know, now speaking with you, what I hear is, and this is very important to me, and, and I tell people all the time, I am never ever gonna ask you to do something that I have not already done. My hands are dirty, right? I have bled and I have sweat. Can you talk more about the methodology? Not just, I mean, again, of course we want to give it to the people, but but also how it affects you, like how it came to be that you had to, you were figuring these things out along the way and you were like, oh shit, this is going to help other people too. Let me, let me get this out there because that's basically how Optimal Self was born as well. So mm-hmm. I, I love that about you, man. I love that, you know, but talk a little bit more about that. But I never realized that it would actually help other people. That's the mm. thing until he actually did. Like, for example, when I, I launched the cookbooks, like I didn't even know that was what's going to be our first like real you know online success was that because I come from doing nutrition plans and workouts and like for you that's what it is but the unique thing that we were doing is that our meal plans were never bland like it was always based on recipes we had developed and people loved that because it was a lot easier you know to follow a meal plan and even die down and and we used that with national level athletes too like you know it doesn't need to be boring. And I never realized for me, like, I'm not, I'm going to do this on purpose. It, it was called the nutrition, Dave's nutrition food Bible. And it was just like a collection of recipes that I had. And I was like, 
okay, well, you like chicken, this and you like this, I'm going to give you that. And then like that collection became, you know, that product. And then I realized like, oh, wow, okay. A lot of people have the this problem and I'm, I'm actually solving a way bigger problem than I thought. And it was the same thing with Epic, you know, the tools that I had built for myself, realizing that, I guess, you know, that that's the way I operate. Okay, I face a problem. I'm going to try to fix it by finding a system that works, but it works for me. I was like, you know, well, you know, that's just for me. But then you realize that, oh, like a lot of people have the same problem, right? That's exactly how it worked with methodology and the planner and, and what I explained in the book, right? So it was never intended or strategic to create something for other people than, than myself. It, it was just for me. That's it. And then I realized that, hey, it serves other people. And from there, uh, I reacted to a demand. Every single thing that went well in my entrepreneurial career, that, that's how it happened. I fixed my own problem selfishly, but not because I never thought about you know, solving other people's problems. It's only when it happened that I had to help other people. So I go, okay, well, I have some tools that can help you. So I want to make sure that people heard what you said is that part of Optimal Self and part of in our, in our programs as well as what we teach is you cannot possibly help other people if you're not helping yourself. It goes the same way. You can't tell your kid to go make their bed if, if your bed's not made. There's a great... Uh, affirmation that you kind of made reference to in the way you said it, but it says the best gift that I can give to others is to fulfill my potential so that I can show them how to fulfill theirs. Mm -hmm. And basically that's what you were doing. You were like, oh man, I need to get this better for me. And then based on what you needed, based on what you had, there are other people that you could show it to. But the only way to do that is by you doing it first. Dave, this is where I think people miss the boat is They think that that's selfish, that I'm doing it for me. But the truth is, the selfish part would be if you didn't share it. The selfish part is not for you to be better. The selfish part is not for you to make money. The selfish part is not for you to have a six pack or, you know, win a bodybuilding competition. That's not selfish. The selfish part would be to gain the knowledge and not give it back. That's where the selfishness is. If we do not fulfill our potential, if we do not go after our potential, there's no way. Then we're just sharing meek. We're sharing average. And nobody wants average. And I believe this. And and, and speak. There's no such thing as average people. There's only average effort. Oh, yes. 100%. So average effort and, and the lack of consistency. That's what I like. Yeah. Stopping. You know, it's like, okay, well, there's going to be bad days. There's going to be days you don't want to do it. But it's it's looking at it from, again, the big picture. It's like, okay, it's not just doing one thing. It's doing one thing, the compound effect of doing th- small things right. I think where maybe it's a society that wants things without putting in the effort. But in the reality of things, you might have some quick wins here and there. But it's never sustainable. You know, so right. you have to put in the, the, the sweat into it. It comes back to what you've said the whole time, which is, which is being in alignment. And, yeah. and when you get in alignment, again, it's not that we, we don't know that doing some form of exercise or, or movement every day is beneficial, not just to our bodies, but to our brains. Everybody knows that. This, this is not this yeah. is not some breakthrough science that, that you and I just, you know, stumbled upon. It's like, no, this is hundreds of years That's of what it is. Fact, 
of, of human what it is of the human environment, right? Of of the evolution of man. Like, yeah. listen, every person, if you move, you're going to get benefit. But the thing is, we lock ourselves down is because we're not in alignment. Because again, it goes back to the schooling framework. You know, it's about getting a grade instead of learning. Just like weight loss, it's about a number on a scale instead of being healthy. And when you, those things don't align, right? We're going after the wrong thing, Mm -hmm. right? And so can you speak to more about done by noon and what is it truly that these listeners can walk away with and say, hey, look, (laughs) again, it could be one thing because that's how I do it, right? I'm like, no, just give me one. But but can you speak a little bit more on on that and, and, and what the listener can do? Yeah, so it's really a book for 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 entrepreneurs. So it's really like understanding that we all start a business with the same motivation or the same goal, which is freedom. And uh, you know, I told you the three freedoms. But eventually, down the road, you know, it's not as you think it is, and you end up drifting. And you end up drifting from the initial intent of why you started your business in the first place. So there's one thing strategic that I did with that is the title, because the title appeals to that freedom, the thing that you want. Because a lot of people, they wanted to be, to do what they wanted, when they wanted and be well paid for it. I'm like, oh, wow, okay. It appeals to what I want, but I don't have it. But when you get in the book, it's really a book about one, self-leadership. Exactly as you said, Chris. It's like, um, Jeremy, understanding that you have to lead yourself through before becoming a great business owner and serve others in an optimum way. But also, I would say a roadmap for realignment. So understanding, going from the big picture and bringing it down to actually the, the, the actions that you need to do. So not only the, the actions that are going to make you move forward, but the actions as well that are going to make you go forward sustainably, like in a sustainable fashion. So all the habits, the routines, the rituals you need to put in place to, and safeguarding that as well, which is extremely important. And, and we show you that. And it's based on, on sports science. So we show you know, periodization and load management as examples of how we operate with that and how it makes it, it's easy for people to understand why you should be doing that and why load management is important, why periodization is important for sustainability, why rest and recovery are important as well, right? And these are things that a lot of people don't know. And, you know, the thing is entrepreneurs, sometimes it's going to take you 10 years, 15 years to realize that. A lot of people realize that when, like they burn out or they're in a place where a dark place that are, is completely off the road that they had set for themselves initially. So it's, it helps you really get back to that road and stay on that road. Because here's the thing, you're always going to be drifting in some ways, right? But it's just the frequency of realignment that's going to make you successful. And, and the truth is, Success is how you define it. Entrepreneurship is a great vehicle to be on the road to success. If you're like me, some people like more stability, or and that's fine, you know. But I talk to entrepreneurs in this book to help you, you know, get as as aligned as possible. And it's not just about productivity. Obviously, you will be productive as a byproduct, as a consequence of that structure. But it's not a collection of hacks that is going to make you productive. It's just like a collection of exercises. A collection of exercise doesn't make a program. Mm. It is the same thing here. It's not a collection of hacks that makes it a productivity methodology. It is really, you know, different steps that make it something, a structure that can stand, you know, the test of time and trends. I love what you said too is, and I'm a firm believer of this, there's no 
such thing as overtraining or overworking as an entrepreneur. It's under recovering, right? We're not taking the time to truly recover. We're not taking those moments. Are there things that you do specifically to recover, to get your mind right so that when it is go time, I'm ready, right? Are Are there things that you use for recovery? Yeah. So actually training is fantastic for that. So, you know, incorporating physical, you know, exercise into that because that's, it's funny, you know, I honestly had, after my last bodybuilding show that was in 2010, you know, I had lost that, that drive, you know, for like performance in some ways. In, in, I, I mean, I traded kind of the obsession for fitness with the obsession for an obsession for business and my body transformed negative, negatively. Like it was, it was not good. And I realized that it brought a lot of bad things in my life. You know, I was anxious. I was depressed. I was not in a good place. And, you know, I went back into a sustainable way of working out and, 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 and training. As you said, you know, the, ment- the, mental, the, the mental benefits are just incredible. So I, I work out every day, weekdays. I take my weekends off. So that's one thing. Um, I'm focusing now, you know, heading into my 40s. I'm, I'm focusing more on sleep now. So sleep and digestion... And it was never an issue. Yeah. Growing up, I could digest a rock. I could sleep for 12 hours straight. It's a different story now. So I have to be careful with my nutrition, what I eat, the way I sleep, when I go to bed, etc. I don't take any shortcuts. I, I want to make sure that you know, I have a solid base. The basics, proper hydration are the things that I do, regular exercises, trying to keep my diet 90% clean. I don't do anything specific, like crazy, just 90% clean. I follow the Berardi rules and you know, time for myself as well. You know, I know how to operate now. I need some type of solitude every day to just reflect. I'm not a big meditation guy or anything like that, but I love to, to do that. And I practice gratitude every day, just simple. You know, I, in the planner, we have what we call the reconnection phrase and you list a gratitude and an element to keep you aligned with what you truly want. And it works, man. It's nothing crazy. It's in the small things, but keeps yourself in check and, I have two young daughters, right? So I have to be very protective of, of my energy and be, be careful with that. And that's what I do. I love it, man. I hope people heard that. Principle one in, in optimal self is hydration. So I love it. I knew that was coming from you, man, because it's the brain is over 90% water. The muscle, people don't understand the muscles are over 80% water, you know? That's the number one thing in physical fitness. Hydration is number one. And it's the same thing in entrepreneurship. It's like the first thing that we ask people to do is like, Here's the first habit you're gonna gonna put in place. You wake up in the morning, you fill up a tall glass of water, you drink it, and then you fill a two-liter jug or a big jug of water for your day. Yeah. And you make sure you drink that that water through the day. That's the first thing. And if you can do that consistently, now you can move on to the next one, right? But that's the number one habit. It's hydration, <laughs> but it starts there. It's the base, like the most basic thing, hydration, right? And and the worst thing is that we fail, we neglect the basics on a daily basis. Everybody, most people walk around dehydrated and that's not good. It's a, it's a crazy stat. It's like 82% of the world walks around in dehydration. I mean, again, some are some are lacking water in some of those right. countries. But, yes, but, but in, for us, North America, North America you have no we, excuse. We turn on a faucet and there's drinking water coming out of it. I mean, <laughs> that's one of my gratitudes to daily. It was like, I'm so grateful for having water on tap. Yeah. <laughs> that's insane. We just turn it off and there's clean water coming out. I have to do nothing. 
Mm-hmm. It's insane. But people take that for granted. Yeah. And we don't use it. We don't, the two biggest things, look, people talk about this all the time. The biggest performance enhancing drugs on the planet, sleep and water. Like those two things are going to absolutely positively change your life, man. It's so beautiful. I I I thought it was Eno explode and creatine. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. Let me grab another Red Bull and let me grab another monster and let me, you know, it's it's ridiculous, man. It is. It is. The five-hour energy, I'm like, no, <laughs> the opposite. You need the opposite of all that. So, yeah, no, I I love it, man. I love what you're about. I love it. So th- to talk to us a little bit because, you know, in our lives growing up, and we've touched on a little bit, but where have role models and, and mentors played a part in your life? Because you are that now. You know, you are a true mentor, a true role model. Rather, we, you know, I know it's not we set out to do those things, but the book, you know, the programs, the methodologies that you're sharing, the cookbooks, all of it, all of it is role modeling and mentoring people. So where did that show up in your life? That's a great question. You know, I, I think I'm I'm an observer. So I, I try to look, I I I never followed someone like to a team. You know, there's some people who need that framework. And, you know, in my life, I, I was never a religious guy because like, I, I don't like to adhere to a specific framework. And I have, you know, I have spirituality, but I'm not into a framework. And I was always like that. But I tried to collect information from my environment and make sense of it on my own. That's That was always my way. And I was, when I did that, and I, as I moved forward, I had some people that were more influential than others who influenced me or helped me in better way, other different ways. I talked about Lee Hayward, who mm-hmm. maybe discovered direct response marketing in the world of online possibilities and, you know, just blew my mind. I had the opportunity to, you know, partner up with Matt Galan, who's the, the CEO at Bioptimizers. And, and I was fortunate enough to, to have him as a business partner, but also as a close friend. And he's one of the smartest and sharpest, you know, entrepreneurs and humans that I know. Truly, truly influenced my life. You know, my wife, you know, I've been, I've been with my wife for 12 years and she's a great mentor of mine. I watch her I'm like, you know what? I, I'm still amazed at the things that she does, you know, and, but I, I, I feed very organically out of different things. You know, my grandfather, my parents, as I said, like I, there's not one thing, one person's like, oh, I did. Like I went to a Tony Robbins seminar and I was totally blown away and not Tony, but my God, I was never like that. So it was just a collection of small things. And mm. I try to feed off, you know, my environment as much as possible. I try to put myself in an environment that I know is going to make me grow. So always like that, that's, I'm more of a fan of the environment rather than just an individual one person. It's just like, okay. Like, let's put yourself in an environment that you know you're going to be able to grow in. And however growth means to you. You know, I live in a rural community here. Some people would say, well, how do you grow in a rural, like, small town, 16,000 people? I mean, you know, there's no crazy high-level tech entrepreneurs here or anything like that. But guess what? I've grown in many, in multiple other ways than that. And for me, because I know that was the type of environment or place that I wanted to be in or to live in. And yeah, I do that. And my role models now are like, I'm very interested now in rural asset-based um, community development, things like that, like how to develop rural communities for sustainable you know, economic resilience in some ways. And 
there's people like I look at what they do in Iceland with fishing and how they can they produce more products now with the amount of fish that they catch. It's very relevant here because fishing is huge. What they do on Fogo Island in Newfoundland too. I mean, turning that community around. Weird things, but that's my that's my thing. You know, I I, I love that. So my, my entrepreneurial career always evolved, and it's it's the same thing goes. It's it's new challenges. It's new things. It's because as it piques your interest it keeps you going, right? It's, it lights me up. I tell, I, I have that question for people all the time. Like, man, what lights you up? And you just said it. You're like all these different things that I'm now becoming. And I, and I hope people heard this is that it doesn't have to be a person. It doesn't have to be someone physical. It can be other things. You can get books and learn from others and take bits and pieces along the way and then create the best version of you. Right, they create you from all these other people. Don't be somebody else. Don't look at somebody else and go, "Oh, I'm going to be them." No, take what you love, take what you like, adopt things, and move to the next and learn. Right? I don't believe that there's like karate kid, like Mr. Miyagi thing, and you know, you meet your mentor. Like, it can happen, but in reality, I think like if you need to trust yourself to find that information, not waiting for someone. I think that's a problem now too. You see that, like in, in coaching, like the like you probably see that too. They just want you to magically upload all your knowledge into their brain so they can get faster results. But it starts with you, right? So you got to understand and be true to your own style and what you truly want, right? So it's hard. It's hard to do something. Right? It has to do with your, I would say, confidence and self worth, and and you build that over time. You know. Yeah, you build that. You build that over time. It's not given to you. You build it. Like that's what people need to know. Self worth is something I build. It's not somebody, something that someone gives to you. It's not your parents, right? It's not people giving you self-worth. You have to build it by showing up, by getting your ass out of bed when you say you're going to get out of bed, by eating the way you say you're going to eat, by showing up to work on time and, and being the best at whatever that is. It rolls over into other aspects of your life. And I think you need to be at ease with change. You know, You need to be okay with the fact that shit is going to hit the fan sometimes and things are not going to be always great. Life is a great game of figuring things out. Everything is figureoutable. Sometimes it takes a bit longer than other times. I mean, but yeah, man, it's, it's, you have to trust the process, you know? Yeah. I love it. Let's transition. This is the part of the show that I call quick hitters. Just going to be a word. I'm going to give it to you. And then you tell me what comes to mind when you hear it. Okay. Okay. Ready. First quick hitter word, discipline. Routine. How does that, how does that show, how does discipline show up in your life? Being consistent with the small things. Do the small thing that matters well. And the rest will take care of itself. Woo! I love it. Yes. All right. Quick hitter number two, final one, impact. How does that hit you and, and what do you want to leave? I think about this often, impact, and I feel like it's being, this word is being abused Mm. a little bit. People want impact and they use that as not a selfish way, but they, they use that word to justify their personal ambitions. I don't think impact is something that you can plan per se. Again, it goes back to what I, 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 I said about discipline. It's doing the small thing that matters and doing that consistently. 
And if you do it well, for a long period of time, you will have impact. It's not about the things that you say. It's about the things that you do, that you keep doing, you know? And as long as it's aligned with your values, with your strengths, with what you do well, this is how you're going to have impact. And you're not going to realize you're having impact until actually you have impacted people. I love it, man. It's so well said. It's not about what you say. It's about what you do. Dave, listen, I cannot thank you enough, brother. Like Thanks, such good stuff. So I know there's going to be people. How can people reach out to you? Where do they find you? What do you how do you want them to, to connect? If you want to connect with me personally, Instagram at DaveRuel.com. At DaveRuel or my website, DaveRuel.com has all the links to to what I do. If you want to take a look at the book, epic.co or donebynoonbook.com, you can find a way actually handing out free copies right now of the book. We have limited quantities for that. Yeah, that's pretty much like where you can get a hold of me. And if uh, you have any questions, like hit me up. I always reply on social media. So unless you pitch me, you, you, you business pitch out of the bat. Yeah, I need to date a little bit. <laughs> oh man, I love it. Rewind, man. There's so much gold in there. I hope people, I hope people listen, not just for the words, but the truth of what you said, Dave, and, and what you bring into the world, man. I'm super grateful that our paths have crossed and, and I look forward to many more conversations, buddy. So Thanks, my I appreciate friend. you, man. I appreciate it a lot, my friend. Thanks so much. And it means a lot what you just said. Yeah, good, man. All right, you guys. Until next time, get out there and be the best version of you. Subscribe to Optimal Self wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. For more information on how to be the best version of you, visit OptimalSelf.today and follow at OptimalSelf1 on Facebook, at Optimal underscore Self on Instagram, and subscribe to Optimal Self on YouTube. Thank you for listening.